Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Westendorf. Welcome to this week's Great Questions, Great Conversations. We're glad to have you here. Uh, we have a special guest. We were able to make this happen. Uh, Pastor Jeffrey Bonock is a full-time licensed counselor uh, who is actually with us on staff, an incredible blessing to us. And as we've been going through forgiveness, we mentioned last time that we would like to um, talk with him a little bit more about this. Uh, so I want to wa- welcome you, Jeffrey, to the podcast. First time, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate being here. Great opportunity. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. And I, I hope that we're going to be able to have you on uh, more because I, I, I know just in our conversations, uh, there is a lot of, of wisdom that you have learned. There's a lot of real life experience. And I think that um, our listeners are going to benefit from from you and some of the topics that we'll talk about down the line. But um, for people who don't know you, um, could you just give them a quick uh, snapshot of how you went from pastor to counselor and what your life looks like today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, so I uh, pastor at St. Paul's uh, for for 27 years right now. I um, started out in youth and family ministry, which I absolutely loved, moved kind of to the worship area. But the, the whole time I was in ministry, I did a lot of counseling um, mm-hmm. and really, really appreciated that, uh, that experience and being able to really connect with people and, uh, and try to help them through their, their challenges or struggles. As as time went on, uh, many times I felt to myself, ah, I just wish, I wish, I wish I knew a little bit more, mm. or I could connect him with someone who knew a little bit more about uh, about how to how to help in some, you know, especially challenging situations. My original idea was to get someone else um, uh, to come to St. Paul's, uh, and uh, when I reached out, found out that was very difficult because such a shortage, really, of. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian counselors out there. And that's what kind of spurred me to go back to school uh, with uh, the encouragement of the rest of our staff. Uh, that was about, well, it was about five, six years ago, started that process. Yeah. yeah. Um, graduated uh, about two years ago now and um, am almost to complete licensure, which is kind of exciting for me too. So, yeah. 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 In the meantime, uh, St. Paul's built this beautiful facility for us. and. Uh, uh, certainly, as we all know, the the need to be able to to help people is is fantastic right now, and uh, and it's it's great that I have this opportunity. We have this opportunity to be here for people. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love too that you have, you know, you have this theological background. You've you have had a heart for worship on a heart for Jesus. And now you add on to that, all of those years of experience of counseling as a pastor, but now uh, able to take the next step with people um, and help them. And quite frankly, you know, help us. Um, There is a, there's a level of empathy that I think many of us don't have because we just want situations to get better. You know, like somebody else that's struggling or if it's me that's struggling and I just want it to get better. And, and it's such a process and you've been, uh, enlightening to many of us as we've gone through this. Yeah. Well, and, and it, for all of us, it is, is a continual learning process. Um, I feel like my, my years in, in school gave me incredible um, in knowledge base to work with, but I continue to learn every day from the people that I meet with. It's, it's an ongoing process. And especially as we think about faith integration into these issues Mm -hmm. and how can, how can our faith uh, support and help us uh, move to a better place? Yeah. And so that's a great 
jumping point for our our topic today, um, which we'll see if we need to to split this into two, um, because I, I think we we're just talking off air, and there's a lot of different directions mm-hmm. that this could can go. Yeah. Um. So for those of you who are listening, if you haven't listened to the previous two podcasts, episode uh, nine and ten. Um, it may be helpful for you to have that context to some of the conversations that Pastor Pete uh, Panitsky and I had um, last week. We were what we what we wanted to do was was start putting together uh, some theological framework for forgiveness. Um, so just to kind of set us up, um, the fifth petition was our starting point uh, a little bit. Um, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And one of the petitions, one of the many prayers inside the Lord's Prayer is, um, God, forgive me for my sins as I forgive those who've sinned against me. And there's this reciprocal, uh, it, it seems to be a conditional, uh, that's what we talked a little bit about last time, and reminding one another again that the grace of God covers us in ways that, quite frankly, we probably can't really fathom. But as we were going through the forgiveness piece, we were talking about what it is and how God views it, but the the hard part is, but then how do we do that? And the, we just thought, you know, it would be really nice to to bring you into this conversation. And so I'll I'll start with the first um, the first question, and that's let's say that somebody has sinned against me, um, and there's a couple of different scenarios that I want to start with. Um, what I'd like to do today, if it's possible, and if we have to break it up, we'll do it. But I'd like to really hit on three ideas. Um, the situation in which somebody has sinned against me, they have broken relationship, they've broken trust, but they've repented. And there are some fruits of that. Um, they're getting help or, or there has been a, a change of heart. So in one instance, there has been repentance. I'd like to be able to talk about what, how do we forgive somebody when repentance isn't in the mix, either because that person is not repentant or they're not around to repent anymore. They're, they're not able to do that. And then um, the third one, which might be a, a separate one is how do we forgive ourselves? Mm. And so I know these are three pretty big topics, but um, so Jeffrey, uh, I want to talk about first and foremost, the, the, the person who is, how does a person forgive when a trust has been broken, a relationship has been damaged and hurt, but the person has um, has repented on some level, has admitted in humility that they erred, that they brought damage? What have you seen? And and maybe if that's an okay launching point for this sure. conversation, sure, yeah, yeah. I guess when, whenever I we talk about forgiveness. One of the, one of the first things that comes to my mind is just, just make sure we, you know, is the why I think the why is always incredibly important. Right. Um, and I'm, I know some of this was, uh, touched on in, in the last segments, but just, just recognizing that, um, you know, from a theological point of view, God, God calls us to forgive. Right. And, and so there really, it should be no greater why, but we also understand that when, when God calls us to do something, he, he has a purpose in mind. He's always seeking to, to bless us. Um, even through what we, what we call commands or laws, uh, they're really connecting us to, to his design. And he recognizes that when we, when we struggle with, uh, forgiveness, that hurt that we hold on to, unfortunately can, 
eventually become hate, resentment, and bitterness, which has very negative um, impacts on us, whether it's um, spiritually, um, emotionally, or even physically. And, and so when we talk about why forgive, we recognize that there, there's, there's a call to it, spiritual blessings, but there's also something that we are going to benefit from. Um, so, you know, part, part of forgiveness is not just forgiving the other, you know, it's not, we're not just doing something for someone else. We're also doing something for us um, through this process. Oh man. I hope people are right. Like writing notes. Cause that was really good. I, when you said it, um, the command is connected to a blessing. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, God commands us to forgive because there is a good that comes from it. I, I, and you just said, so forgiveness is not just something that I'm giving to the other person. It's actually something that's for me. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'd love to dive into that. Yeah. If we, if we, if we, um, you know, I guess we just look at all the, 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 the negative implications if, if we do not, um, forgive and work through that process, um, I mean, there's a lot of research out there that shows that that resentment, that bitterness, when we talk about anxiety, depression, and other, um, you know, other psychological ramifications, and, and even physical ramifications, uh, that, that it is very difficult to move forward in a healthy way if we continue to hold on uh, to, uh, to the hurt and the pain. Um, and, and and maybe we can talk about the injustice that we feel uh, mm, sometimes yeah. and that and the whole issue. So, yeah. So, so you know, I, I, I speak of forgiveness as something as, as, you know, if we want to define it, it's letting go. Mm. And, and I feel like, um, you know, letting go of the pain, um, two levels. I talk about letting go of the pain, but then also letting go of the, of, of the, the, the bitterness, the resentment, the anger that goes with it. And when I, when I talk about the pain, I think I, I, what I'm talking about is this whole concept of uh, maybe, maybe even get back to the question of, of, of why this happened, and and in, in sometimes even a deeper spiritual level, level, God, why you know did did mm. you let this person do this to me um, and cause all this this trouble and challenge and struggle and hurt into my life. This can't possibly be, um, you know, <laughs> your, your plan for me, God, um, or, uh, helpful for me in any way. And I, I feel like in order to truly forgive part of this process, and we don't think about it often is just letting go of, of that aspect of, of how the, the hurt or the wound that we've experienced is impacting us. Um, and, and go ahead. And if I heard you correctly, this is really interesting. The, the pain, a big part of this is the why, like what we feel. So usually when we think about like, we we've done, we've done segments on, on, you know, why does God allow bad things to happen to us? But I hadn't really thought about it that way that, the, that the pain it's usually directed at the other person, you know, you you bonehead, why did you do this? Because now look at what it is. And my my focus is is on that person who's done that thing. But 
really there's a maybe something underneath this it's really dealing with the why did this happen and it's almost directed to heaven yeah can, can i talk a little bit about anger as a as a secondary emotion um yeah we we focus on the anger uh many times in in life uh when you know when when we're struggling but we've we fail to recognize that often there are emotions underneath that anger uh, that are the primary emotions or the ones that are leading to that feeling of anger. And generally there's, there's multiple emotions. And if we can dig down to that layer, uh, we have a better understanding of what, where the, where the hurt really is um, and how we can begin to address that as we look at those different emotions. Like I, I felt betrayed. I, I feel confused. I feel um, oh, I feel like, um, like I'm, uh, like I'm being disrespected and all these, these more primary types of emotions and, and all of this kind of fits, fits with this concept of, yeah. And why one of those can be the why, um, you know, why yeah. did this happen? Mm -hmm. Why am I having to experience this? And and so to let go of the pain in some respects is to let go of the why. Does that mean that we have to get an answer to it or do we have to learn to trust God in that? Yeah. Yeah. And of course there isn't always an answer, is there? Right. Um, but I, I, I definitely, uh, Mike lean to the second one. Okay. So, so part of our job in this healing process is to, is to seek God, to turn toward him and try to, um, begin to think about what is the good uh, again in these situations it's so it's so easy to get caught up on just focusing on all the negative that's come out of this but in every scenario every situation there is also good and and we know that because that's what God promises right God works mm. everything out for good um, and through these fires and these trials, he is refining faith. He is um, strengthening us in ways that um, that we need. Uh, he's preparing us maybe for witness uh, in in ways to help other people. Um, I often talk to people about you know, this. The scenario you went through is very difficult, right? Um, and there are other people facing that same that same mm -hmm. struggle. And God can redeem all of this by using you and how you have, how he has grown you through all of this uh, to help them in that process too. Yeah. So, so the kind of be, be beginning to see that this, this, that what has happened to you, what this person, the pain that person has caused is not all bad, but that there is, uh, that God is working already in it uh, some type of blessing. Uh, and 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 that helps me to kind of begin to let go um, of that of that pain to heal really from it as we begin to see yeah how's it working something good here. You said something uh, that just struck me. One of the goods that comes out out of it when somebody hurts us is um, uh, a lie is exposed like. <sighs> If I, if I hurt you, um, there is something that has come out of me that is actually honest and true. It's ugly. Mm -hmm. doesn't look good. It's not, it's not good. Um, but it's true and it's been sitting inside and now we're aware of it 
and we can actually finally deal with it. It's interesting that a lot of times in order to get there, we have to, it's through the pain we inflict on other people that a truth finally comes out that we can actually deal with. Yeah. I can't agree with you more heartily uh, as, as you, as you work with people, uh, some of the, the challenges and difficulties they go through, but it finally opens up um, some understanding of, of deeper wounds or pains or struggles or sins um, and gives us an opportunity to bring that into God's light and, yeah, and, and maybe find some, some healing that we've needed for a long time. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I like for forgiveness, letting go. You had kind of given two ideas, pain, um, which is connected to a lot of things, but one of the interesting ones is the why. You know, there is a a space where we go, but why God? And part of letting go is is focusing not just on the negative that has happened to me, but the good that is now possible that God has done. You also mentioned kind of the secondary emotions that maybe are primary too, but bitterness and anger, especially toward the person. Um, let's talk a little bit about our need for justice. And because, I mean, because this is in our society, I mean, and especially in America where we work everything through the legal system, it's all about justice. In a sinful, broken world, our desire for justice. What is up with that? And is that really possible apart from a theology of the biblical theology that God is the ultimate justice? So yeah. can we talk about that? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess I feel like we, uh, we are created in the image of God, right? And God is just a God of justice. And so, of course, this is going to be one of the main um, needs uh, and desires that that we experience. Um, you know, God, and and oftentimes when I'm talking with people about pains and, and wounds that they've experienced, uh, we will talk about the fact that God is is hurt and upset and angry. Um, about this just as much as you are, maybe even more uh, mm, because, mm-hmm. of, because of his perfect because of his perfect justice. Uh, I think sometimes that that's help, that helps people recognize that um, you know that 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 God is there uh, on their side. the 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 struggle, and I think this goes back to you know we did a series not too long ago, unoffendable. I yeah. think the this the struggle is even even if um, I my anger uh, is righteous um, and my seek for ju- my seeking of justice is righteous uh, because I am sinful. I, I just can't handle that. Um, and that's why it's so important to uh, give that to God. And, and we have his beautiful promise that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? I will, I am the God of justice and I always find a way uh, to make things right in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, seeking that, seeking that justice, I feel a, a big, a big part of that for people. And again, in the forgiveness process is being able to, to recognize, yeah, this, this is through a true and healthy way of thinking and need, but 
I can't really do this on my own, so I need to give it to God. So part of forgiveness then is letting go of our need for justice. Yeah. Yeah. And letting, yeah. And I oftentimes, so I have a little bit of a, of a like a intervention that I use to help people do this. Um, because so, so, so here's the issue, you know, it's not like, it's not like I just, I can just pick up one day and say, okay, um, I've given this to God, this need for justice. And now I can, I can just move on. Right. Right. Um, and oftentimes when we talk about forgiveness, you hear the, you hear the phrase forgive and forget. Oh my and, goodness. No. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and the, and the crazy and awesome thing is, is that God does that. Right. I right. remember your sins no more. As far as the East is from the West. So far, have I removed your transgressions from you, I yeah. buried them in the depths of the sea, never to be found again. Um, just, just, I think I think to myself, and many people also that I work with say, "I wish I could do that. I wish I could, right?" But we can't um, because uh, just just because that trauma many times many times that trauma is ingrained right in in the back of our minds. So so this intervention that I have is like uh, to to have people to, to take uh, to take that hurt, that need for justice. Uh, all, all of that, which is kind of overwhelming. I think it's really hard for people because there's so much, right? Yeah. How do we even sort through this? Well, maybe I can't even sort through it. Maybe I'm just going to take it all. I'm going to put it in a box, right? And, um, uh, and, and put a lid on it. Uh, and some people talk about like duct taping it and, uh, whatever they can, but, but taking that box in our mind's eyes and then walking to the foot of the cross, you know, looking up at Jesus and saying, you know, Jesus, you're the one who said to me, come to me, you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. I have no rest because of this. And I can't, I can't deal with this. And so I am going to give this to you. You invite me to, to lay this down. You are the God who says that I will make all things right. Um, you are the God who says that, <laughs> That forgiveness and grace uh, are are the answer to, uh, to to this pain and the healing that comes from it. So I'm I'm going to leave this here, Jesus, and then in your mind's eye, just turn around and walk away from it. Right. So so here's where the process thing comes in because uh, two days later, uh, this person's going to say something, and bam. It's yeah. all going to be back. This is the right. way our brains work. It's just all going to be back. All that hurt and all that whatever. Um, guess what? You, you you put it back in the box and you take it back to the foot of the cross and you lay it there again. Say, Jesus, whoops, <laughs> I have this again. Um, I'm giving it back. Yeah, right. You know, and, um, and, and, and you may need to do that a hundred times, uh, but but as we go through this, and this is there's a little neuroscience behind this too, because we're we're kind of forming neural pathways, right? Um, we will find that it comes back less and less. And God, of course, is helping us through that process. Uh, but but again, this whole this whole concept of 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 process. And you had talked earlier about okay, if I'm dealing with someone who has who has repented and we've worked through this and I've said to them, I, I forgive you. Um, how often in, in that relationship, when there's another kind of argument or something, we will, uh, 
will be triggered and we will be upset and we will bring back that old hurt that we said we forgave. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and so in that case, my job as the person who's forgiven is to, um, is to say, whoops, my, my bad. I messed this up. I said, I forgave you and I wasn't going to bring this up anymore. It's not going to be a, uh, an issue between us. Um, so then I need to take it back to the cross. Yeah. Cause, and let's talk about that. Cause I, there's a couple of thoughts that I've been talking that make me wonder this, this one related directly to that. When I say, I forgive you, um, I'm willing for there to be a bridge for us to rebuild trust um, that uh, when, when that other tension kind of comes back up again, when I go and I grab that box, in some ways, am I not sinning against that person? Am I not now also responsible for blowing up? And again, this is the reality that we cannot forgive perfectly and forget like God can, but but now all of a sudden I realize that I'm no longer simply the victim here. I'm actually somebody who's bringing some gasoline to this fire when I, when I do that. So Lord, help me catch myself, have a timeout, have a, have a rule for cooling down before I go and do that. It, I hate that there's this, there's such a challenge with the, um, the piece of, there are times when I've been a victim Somebody mm-hmm. has done something to me that I, I did not deserve. And yet, if the moment I play the victim card, I, I can so easily overlook all of the other times and the nuances that I bring to a relationship that people um, may be triggered by something that I just do or say. And I have no idea, but I'm going to play. I, I'm That's all on you. So when you when you said it, is there something about this that now when I bring that out, what I'm actually doing is I'm I'm misspending our trust again. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, right? Um, yeah, it's interesting as you say that. It makes me think of you know as as I work with people, this this whole concept of um, uh, defensiveness and how how we approach that um so in, 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 what i was what i'm talking about here is is you know if someone comes to us and um it reminds us of something that we've done wrong right our, mm-hmm. our initial our initial response many times is this this concept of yeah defensiveness right yeah. and uh and that that does not does not bring healing at all um what what and this is what I encourage people. And again, out of out of love for Christ is and trusting in God, right? Because what is the defensiveness? Is is the feeling like my need and 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 what I am, um, what I'm looking for is not going to be met, right? Um, but we need to lay that all aside because what does Jesus say? Jesus says, you know, put the other person's needs before our own. That this is this is love, right? And so instead of getting defensive, just listen to the other person. Okay, um, help me understand, you know, what I've done, how that has hurt you. And um, when they say that, then instead of getting, you know, defensive, saying, well, I did that because, and da 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 da, uh, instead saying, I'm sorry that this has caused pain or hurt in your life. What can I do differently? How can I help? 
And don't even worry about my own issue <laughs> because God, God promises he's going to take care of me. This is one of those interesting spaces where we talk about, you know, our emotional and spiritual health that one partner, uh, one, one side in this might be a little bit more spiritually mature. The other one might be um, struggling in a little different way. Um, and so whoever the stronger is, yeah, yeah, there's there's a burden that's going to be on you to be able to to hold on on to uh, to stay the course on what you just said. I'm sorry. What can I do differently to be the the bigger person to get us through that conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to come up. I'm going to ask it this way. Um, in your time in counseling, I have my own thought on this, but I don't know if it's it's just a my personal perspective, but in forgiveness, when when we talk about this, disappointment comes from unmet expectations. I love that definition. You know, it's just really, really helpful. And many of our our expectations begin as assumptions, um, and and we don't we're not even aware that we have an expectation. But what do you think the the expectation is? Uh, holy or sinful, <laughs> you know, selfish or other. <laughs> Uh, what do you think people's expectation is for forgiveness? What are we expecting? Well, are we talking about the person who is doing the forgiving? Or yeah, the- yeah, yeah. So if 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 you've sinned against me and and uh, uh, you know, so you repent, and I say you're forgiven, I have an expectation. I'm sure on some level. Um, maybe I've never even thought about what that, in fact, I'm, I now know I, I've never articulated what my expectation uh, is. What, what do you see from the counseling standpoint that people have in terms of the expectation when somebody repents and they say, I forgive you, there's a, there's an expectation. What do you think that is or in your experience? Yeah, I, I guess I, I think the expectation is that it's it's done and over, right? Yeah, uh, well, I done and over. I don't know about you, but done and over, and you're not going to ever do this again. Yeah. Yes. Or at least that's what I want. All right. So I want to go back to before this was a problem. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and of course we can't ever go back. I mean, that's a huge part of um, our, our counseling process is recognizing that these events impact and, and they, they change us um, in, in ways. And again, from our, from our Christian vantage point, we say, we know that it's, it's good. There's good in it. Right. Um, And so uh, being willing to embrace and accept that, but we're never going to go back to that same place. So we have to figure out what is, what does this look like now? how, um, how has this changed, um, our relationship, um, and, and what it looks like moving forward. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just, I was just going to repeat again that that expectation, um, is, is a false one. I, I think the, the person who's, um, offered the forgiveness, all, all, you know, wants, <laughs> Wants there, wants that never to happen again, right? Mm. Um, as well, that becomes a huge uh, expectation from them. 
And um, I think, I think, unfortunately, because of our sinful nature and our tendency to fall back into same old patterns, sinful patterns, that these things do happen again. And that that's when it becomes especially difficult, I think, when we've worked through the forgiveness process and now it's happened again. Yeah. Or again and again and again, that same thing. It makes me think of, um, you know, how many times do I do, do I forgive my brother when he sins against me? <laughs> right. Um, this person keeps doing the same thing over and over again. And and then, then they begin to, you begin to think, well, this must be intentional. They must be trying to hurt me. Why mm. else would they keep doing this? And that might not be the case at all. It, it could just truly be um, weakness um, or their own issues that they haven't dealt with in the past. Uh, One yeah. of the guys on our staff made the comment, um, uh, just in his study on addiction and 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 breaking addiction that um if somebody had said relapse relapse was part of breaking the cycle of addiction it would have been a lot easier and it just it just for me it triggered this idea that yeah man i have i have an ex i have an unrealistic expectation um and so that's why i i'm oftentimes constantly feeling disappointed from other people is that I have I have placed on them an expectation without even knowing it, um, particularly when they sin against me and it comes up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know the the command of how how should I forgive seventy times seven you 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 keep on forgiving because and for our listeners you know you can read the parable of the unmerciful servant. Uh, we Pete and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago and it's just. It's so black and white and smacks me in the in the face every time. Like, you know, when I how do I have the power and the ability to forgive? It's when I recognize how much I've been forgiven. Pete mentioned that why are all these law why, why were the Ten Commandments there? It's not like adultery didn't um uh, com- uh hurt people's relationships. It's not like murder didn't kill people, you know. But when it was written down, it became much more clear. What was um, what was the transgression, and and once you become aware of it, you become aware of guilt. And the more the law convicts, the prayer that grace may increase. We we would see that grace always covers our sin, always. So how do I have the power to forgive other people? Because I look and see how much I've been forgiven, and I can't even comprehend that. Exactly. Um, but yet it's so it's so. Uh, I just set such an expectation of people who I am forgiving. I think As we're talking, that's what's becoming an aha for me. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much of that is. I took, I work a lot with, with trauma, right? Um, that, that, that hurt was, was traumatic. Right. Mm. Um, and so we have the brain wants to protect us um, and we'll, you know, we'll find ways, we'll find ways to, uh, to, to do that. And there's this great fear that I'm going to have to experience this, this re-experience this trauma again. Um, I wonder how much of that is behind putting up that expectation. No, this cannot and will not happen again. So I don't oh, have to go through this traumatic yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, going back to giving yourself a little bit of grace. The brain is, in a sinful world, the brain is programmed to protect. And partly what we have to do is 
self-preservation still has to go back to God because God is the ultimate one who preserves. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Um, I, I was afraid this was going to happen. I knew once we started going, you just, you're never quite sure where these are going to go. And so this means that we're going to have to find some additional time to pick up uh, a couple of things, but I'd, I'd like to take these last five minutes or so. Um, just as we've been talking, I thought one of the things that really jumped out to me um, was how do we let go? And if you could kind of recap us here, you said part of letting go of, you know, letting go of pain and, and the bitterness is focusing on the fact that there is good. And so if you could maybe wrap this with a, a, you know, help me understand the theology of this again, so that I can, I can apply it to my situation. You're saying that when I've been hurt, the process of forgiveness, even if there isn't repentance is there's still good. And that without stepping into that, I just will start to turn my bitterness into hate. I don't want to go there. So if you could help me or help a person see that the process that we're engaging in is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it relates to this the concept of trauma again, right? Whatever whatever this person has done to us, however this person has wounded or hurted us, that it's it's a it's a it's a form of trauma. And um we we in order in order to begin to to heal and forgive we we need to heal that trauma as well and uh a huge part of healing trauma is is kind of telling the story um so so much of when when we work with with trauma in in individuals is okay how how can we how can we process this in a way that um uh, will make sense for me, and I'm able to uh, I'm able to see that it it th- this hasn't ruined me for life or for you know for for um, better words the and and here if we can see yeah this person has hurt me but I've grown through this process I uh, I, I see how God is is molding and shaping me. Um, um, I see how this is an opportunity to, to witness to his love and grace, uh, to practice love and grace in my own life, um, to, to be rooted more in that grace for myself. Right. Um, and, and, and going through that process, uh, we, 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 we heal that, that aspect, which I, I call like the root of, of the hurt. Um, and, and then it's, it becomes easier for us i feel to to let go of that bitterness and that anger um because we see the good yeah as you're writing down i i think one of my big takeaways is this idea that sin exposes truth and it does it painfully um (laughs) Because sin always brings a death of relationship or death to opportunity, reputation, things like that. And yet, that's what sin did uh, between us and God. Of course, we're born into a sin, sinful reality. And yet, God's, you know, what Jesus did on the cross covers it all. He makes us alive in the gospel. He promises that he has forgiven us. He promises that he's a good God. He promises that he, he forgets. 
And so now as we experience life in this world that sin exposes or uncovers truth, or at least an opportunity to step into it. And I'm just thinking, as you're talking about the trauma piece of things, it's so, it is so easy for me to focus only on the part that I've done with it. But part of the reason why I am offended by this person is that in a similar way, I've offended this person and I haven't dealt with that. Mm -hmm. So maybe this would be a good breaking spot because I think what I would like to do the next time, and if we can make it work in the schedule next week, I would be great. But to be able to talk about forgiving ourselves. um, That's a, yeah, that's a very, a very, uh, very difficult uh, topic, but it's also very important. I think that's that all of us could probably use that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I cannot thank you enough for for making some time. I know you're busy. I I just became another one of your clients. So, uh, thank you for uh for making some time for us and for all of our listeners. And so, uh Pastor Jeffrey Bonac, who's now a professional licensed counselor joining us here on the podcast today. Did you have any closing thoughts that you wanted to say? I just wanted to say thank you for giving me the opportunity. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's I think it's it's awesome just to be able to sit and talk and, and try to work through these things. Like I said it earlier, we're, we're, we're all in process, right? We're all trying to figure out these things. Uh, and, and one of the reasons God has given us each other is so that we can, can uh, feed off of each other. Uh, iron sharpens iron, that sort of thing. So I appreciate uh, this opportunity too. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can pick it up because I think we've got a couple of things on this topic of forgiveness that we still want to work through. And so for all of our listeners who have you've been listening in, uh, in the words of Andrew Peterson, who wrote a song called Be Kind to Yourself, um, I would just maybe encourage you to, if, you, if you're needing a pick me up as we've been talking about all of these things, um, remember that the grace of God covers you. Uh, but until the next time we have a chance to talk, this is uh, Counselor and Pastor Jeffrey Bonock. I am Mike Westendorf. So you're li- I'm plural now, Mike Westendorf. You are listening to great questions, great conversations, and we will see you guys again next week. Mm-hmm.